It's such a privilege to actually speak to you about the book of Hebrews chapter 12. But before that, I'd like you to introduce my family. You know, I came from a very big family. Who came here from a very big family of nine and up? <laughs> nine and up, yeah. It's, it's so good to have big families, you know. Um, that includes my, my mom and my dad. And as you can see from the photo, the color of the photo would say how old it is. And believe it or not, that's the only family photo that I have. It's my precious. <laughs> because it's so hard actually to find photos back in the 70s. Now, if you would see that little girl holding that little toy, that's me. And my mom and dad was there on both sides. I actually got another sister who's not there on the photo. And I got another younger sister after me when I was seven. So we're all Nine. <laughs> yeah, we're all nine. So I got three brothers before me. And you know, like when you got three brothers and you're a girl, it's so hard to fight over food, toys, everything in the house. But what I love about my mom and dad is that they are so strict in doing the discipline for my brothers. Amen? Yes, it's so nice to be the youngest. <laughs> Yes. So I would remember actually that um, my mom and dad, especially my dad, he is a very soft-spoken person. But every time he speaks, I just literally listen because I don't want him to get mad at me. And nobody wants to, to be disciplined, you know, when you were a child. Do you remember when your parents disciplined you when you were a child? Yeah? It's not a pleasant experience, isn't it? Yeah, especially when they say, oh. You stand on the corner. Yeah? Yeah. Or, <laughs> yes. Yes. But over the years, you know, you, you would still remember what are those words of wisdom that your parents would say to you when they are doing their discipline over your life. Because I'm sure everyone, every parent would agree that they wanted to discipline their child to do what is right. Amen? Amen. And aren't you grateful that you experienced those disciplines when you were young? When you were 8 or 7 and not when you were 85 or 88? <laughs> yeah? Praise God. Praise God for His divine discipline. For indeed, He got a greater purpose why He allowed those things to happen into our lives. And the second photo here is actually my husband and I. I used to call him Will. God's will. Yeah, but his name is Alfred. And we've been married, by the grace of God, in happy 24 years. Yes, come on, Lord. That's by the grace of God. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. And not like, you know, the regular couple, we don't have our own biological children. And we happen to know the Lord when we are on our seventh year of marriage. And that is in 2005. And, you know, just like every other couple, you wanted to have your, your own family, start your own family, build a life. And I thought that when I become a Christian, everything would be easy, but it's not. But it's only just through the grace of God, for His grace is sufficient and made perfect in our weakness, that whatever challenges we have come, we're able to surpass it having a storm-proof life, only through Jesus. Amen? 
Yes. And one of our battle and struggle is actually to conceive our own biological children. And in year 2000, we got pregnant. Yay! Unfortunately, it wasn't successful. And we tried again, tried again, tried again. And then we had two miscarriages. And after that, we tried all our own human mind can conceive, to conceive. But none of them were successful. Because during that time, God is doing something. It's building something in my life which I don't know, which I have not aware with. And so we decided to, well, maybe we go to New Zealand, you know, come here, start a new life, build a new family, because God has a purpose, a better purpose, why he allows me to discipline, to be disciplined during those times. Because when he said in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Amen? Amen. Why don't you join me in prayer? Father God, we thank you for this time. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that this time, oh Jesus, we're going to hear your word. Father God, we thank you and we praise you. We lift your name in high, oh God. We pray, Lord, that your word will speak to us and minister to us. I pray in the powerful name of Jesus, in the powerful name of your of your name, Holy Spirit, just speak to us. Let my speech and my preaching be not from my wise words, but from your word, O oh God, so that it will be a demonstration of your Spirit's power and that our faith may not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So as I mentioned about you know, those seasons in our lives before, we really wanted to be biological children, but my timing is not God's timing. Do you have your watch with you? Maybe we could say to ourselves, my timing is not God's timing. Yes, my timing is not God's timing. During that time, God has been speaking to me about the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, verse 1 to 6. Hebrews 12, chapter 12, verse 1 to 6. If you have your Bible with you, with you your app with you, if you could read with me, swipe with me, turn your page with me, and let's all read the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 1 to 6. The Bible says here, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In verse 4, in your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood, and you have forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as sons. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. Do not lose heart 
when he rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines he, those he loves and he punishes everyone he accepts as son. Amen? Now, before I knew this scripture, I thought I was just struggling all by myself. I thought it was only me, myself, and I who are very focused on wanting to start my family. I didn't know that other people are having the same challenge and struggles as I do. Because during that time, I have this self-made purpose, made focus on my mind that this is what I want to do in my life. I want to get married at this age, get children, work, retire, enjoy retirement, then go. But God has a better plan, isn't it? God has more meaningful plan for our lives, particularly for your life. Because when we face hardship and discourage, discouragement, are we easy to, le- to lose sight of the big picture? Remember that suffering is the training ground of our maturity of being a Christian. Amen? Amen. You know, when, when the book of Hebrews chapter 12 was written by the author, the readers during that time has been persecuted, but they haven't come to a point of death because they're still alive. The author encouraged them to run the race in perseverance. Amen? Because just as Christ just as Christ died on the cross for us, no, He did not give up for us. Neither, neither should we. Whatever God has called us to do, we should not give up. Amen? Now, we should be running for Christ, not ourselves. Now, I'm going to ask you two parents who love their child more. A parent who allow his child to do whatever he wants, even though at the point of endangering this life, or a parent who rebuke, correct his child because he knows he wants to have the right life for his child. I'm sure everyone would agree that the second parent would be your preference. Who are parents here? Yes, praise God. Praise God. I'm sure your children love to have those divine discipline as well as we do that. <laughs> Amen? Yes, thank you, Lord. Now, when, when God disciplines us, when God disciplines us, we have to look at it as a proof of His love, as a proof of His grace, of His abounding mercy. Because sometimes, most of the time, everyone has a different response when it comes to discipline. Why is it so hard? Even me, I'm struggling with that. But the next time we encounter God's discipline, instead of fighting the process, it would be wise to cooperate. And by asking God, Lord, what are you trying to teach me in this situation? Where do you want me to go from this situation? It's about trusting. It's about leaning to God. You know, in the book of Proverbs, before when I was, you know, a new Christian, I can say that scripture, 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. I can say it straight from my words, but from my heart, from my action, it's been a process. It's not easy and I can't do it, especially if I'm praying for something and God hasn't granted that prayer for me. How can I trust God? How can I obey Him? But we have to remember, it's not about us. Amen? It's about Him. How's the normal uh, response of the people when it comes to discipline? Do we respond with resignation? Do we respond with self-pity, saying, I don't really deserve this? Do we respond by resenting God or being angry at Him? Or do we respond his divine discipline by gratefully accepting it and looking at it as his way of building our character, of building our strength in owe to a loving father. Amen? Yes. Thank you, Lord. Now, if we're, if we're going to go to the book of Hebrews again, chapter 12, verse 7, we will see here that we were encouraged to endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons and daughters. Yeah. For what son is not disciplined by his father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. Moreover, we have all the human father who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of our spirits and live? Verse 10, Our Father disciplined us for a little while, as they thought best. But God disciplined us for our good, that we may share in His holiness. Amen. And in verse 11, No discipline seemed so pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Amen? Praise God. You know, when I was in the season of hardship, I didn't know that His purpose is different. But the Lord is teaching me something. The Lord is teaching me to be closer to Him. The Lord is teaching me to continue to obey me, to trust me, to continue to share the gospel, to continue to pray for people. Pray for people, particularly in my own struggle. To pray for women who wanted to have their own children. To pray for people who wanted to receive healing. To pray for people who wanted to receive a restoration of relationship. Now my question is, can you pray for someone who wanted to have a child and you don't have your own child? Can you pray for someone for healing when you actually have your own sickness? Can you pray for someone to have and buy her their own house when you don't have your own house yet? Can you pray for someone who wanted to have a husband or a wife when you yourself doesn't have a wife and a husband yet? Can you pray for someone to be restored the relationship, to ask, the person for forgiveness for your friend when you yourself haven't restored 
or receive that forgiveness to the person you have been offended. Can we do that? The question is yes. Only through the grace of God. Because you know what? It's not about us. It's about Him. It's about God. Did you see that this word, the word of God, seeing it alive to the lives of other people, it's not just on the written thing, but you would see this coming alive to the life of the person. Amen? Because our life count, your life count, because nothing is ever wasted in the kingdom of God. Amen? And His divine discipline, His divine discipline produces peaceful righteousness. Amen? His divine discipline produces peaceful fruit of righteousness. Now what fruit does it bear into your life in the season of your discipline? What fruit? Do you have peace in your heart? Do you still have love in your heart? Do you still have, do you still have joy in your heart during the time of discipline? Do you still do goodness to other people? Are you still kind to other people during the time that you're being disciplined? So many. So many fruits that would come out during the time that we're being disciplined by God. Then we can use our growing strength to help those around us who are in the same season. You know what you're experiencing right now? At some point of your life, you will encounter someone who's in the same struggle, the same battle, the same hardship as what you are encountering. Because God will allow your testimony to speak his power into the new person that you will encounter. Because in, in um, verse 12 to 13, the Bible says here in Hebrews 12, Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths of your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. So my question is, is our example in our walk with God, we lead people to believe in Jesus Christ and to follow him and to grow and mature in their relationship with Jesus? Or would those would end up confused and misled? Remember, fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Amen. Praise God. Now, the part two actually of the message in Hebrews chapter 12 is the warning against refusing God. Now, if we'll go into verse 14 to 17, the Bible says here, Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Verse 16, See that no one is sexually immoral or is godlike, godless, I mean, like Esau, for a single meal sold his inheritance, right? As the oldest son. Afterwards, as you know, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. He could bring about no change of mind, though he sought the blessing with tears. 
Now, during this time, the readers who received this word, this scripture, were familiar with the ceremonial cleansing ritual and prepared them for worship. And they know that they had to be holy or clean in order to enter the temple. Now, when, remember I was telling you my testimony about praying to have my own children, my own child? God didn't allow me to harbor bitterness against him or bitterness or jealousy to the people that I've seen that they're being blessed with children. Especially when I pray for those women. You know, God's purpose is far deeper than what I can see because I, I, I look at it as on the temporary thing. I didn't see what is his more meaningful, deeper purpose in my life. You know what I really like about what he's doing? Every time I put these two hands into the womb of a woman who's praying for a child, and every time that that person conceived and got pregnant and got delivered a new baby, that is his indescribable gift. Amen? Last Monday, I prayed for this woman two years ago to have their own child, and they gave birth. Praise God. Amen? I think God, you know, deserve a hand on that. Two years ago, this woman, woman that I didn't know in Oakland, we were just talking, she wanted to actually have a child. And I was like, do you want me, can I pray for you? And I was like, oh, yes, please. And then I lay hands on her. Last week, I saw in, his, in her Facebook that she got pregnant. Wow. Amen? Last month, this woman, in her 40s, she prayed. Because she wanted to have a child. They just got married this year. And, and I asked, can, you, can we pray for you? Yes. And last week, she announced that they're pregnant. Amen. Wow. Not only that, previous to my experience, there's a lot of them. For privacy purposes, I wasn't able to actually put the pictures of those people who's been answering the prayers to have children. Because of the power of God. It's not me. Remember, it's not me. It's the opportunity to pray for those people and seeing God's purpose. God answered the prayer to those people. Amen? <laughs> Praise God. Now, moving on, who loves to hike? Who been to the mountain Hariro? No one? Yes. <laughs> That's my faith goal too. <laughs> Yes, I haven't been there. Now, when we're going to go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 18 to 24, the Bible says here, you have not come up to a mountain that can be touched, and that is burning with fire, to darkness, gloom, and storm. Verse 19, to trumpet blast or to such voice speaking words of those who heard, beg that no further word to be spoken to them. Verse 20, because they could not bear what was commanded. If... Even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned. In verse 21, the sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. In verse 22, the Bible says, But you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all men, to the spirit of righteousness, man made perfect, 
verse 24, to Jesus, the mediator of a covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks better than the blood of Abel. Amen. Praise God. Now, what a contrast between two terrified approach of to God at Mount Sinai and a joyful approach in Mount Zion. What's the difference that Jesus made? Before Jesus, God seemed so distant and threatening. But after Jesus came, God welcomes us through Christ in His presence. Now the question is, are you willing to take His invitation? Amen. Praise God. And in chapter 12, verse 25, up to 29. See to it that you do not refuse Him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused Him who warned them on how them on earth, on how much less will we if we turn away from Him who warns us from heaven. Verse 26, at that time, His voice shook the earth, but now He has promised once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. Verse 27, the word once more indicates the removing of what can be shaken, that is created things. Those are temporary, the ones that you can touch here on earth. So that what cannot be shaken may remain. In verse 28, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for God is a consuming fire. Amen? Amen. Now, eventually, church, the world will crumble. Everything will be destroyed. But there's one thing for sure. One thing for sure that the kingdom of God will last. Amen? Amen. Now, have you ever felt unsure about the future? I'm sure at some point of our life, we did. When you felt unsure about the future, this scripture, the one that I have just read, is the one that we could refer to. That no matter what happened here, our future is built on the solid foundation the solid foundation of Christ. So my word, my message to you today, church, if there's one thing that I want you to remember and I want you to do, please build your life on Christ and His unshakable kingdom. Amen. Thank you, Lord.